You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Melanie Walton is one of many people who found herself looking for something to do with some extra time she suddenly had on her hands back in 2020. She'd always been interested in starting a horse business, And as she searched for ideas that suited her passion and could potentially be monetized, that's where the idea for Zero Proof Horse Treats was born. Zero Proof Horse Treats are made with distiller's grains from local Kentucky distilleries. But don't worry, they're completely alcohol-free. Melanie joins the show to talk about what inspired her to start these special one-of-a-kind cocktail-themed horse treats and how she's managed to successfully get her product into 24 different states after being in business for less than a year. She'll share tips about how to be confident in your selling skills, best practices for getting your product into retail stores, and how to set your pricing to be competitive yet profitable. Here's Melanie Walton. Hey, Melanie, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to join. Yeah, well, you know what? I have to double back to when we first met a little while back. It was earlier this year, right? It was maybe April of 22. It was. I remember it fondly because my business had launched one day and you had your lead line mixer. So I was thrown into the equine business world pretty quickly. (laughs) I remember that. It was a very memorable moment, actually, because when you walked up and you introduced yourself to me at the networking mixer, you said, I've been in business for one day. <laughs> and it took me a second. And then I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, you've got to explain this. So why don't we go back to that? And why don't you tell me that story again? Because it was a really good one. Well, yeah. So I wanted to start a new business. And the plan was to start the business the year prior. But with COVID and supply back orders, I got my first product the day before Equine Affair in Ohio started. So I literally picked up product, drove to Ohio, and started launching the product at Equine Affair. And I think it was six hours later, I showed up at your mixer after a friend said, you've really got to meet Mandy. You'll love her. She's great. You two women would get along great. And there I was in a room full of equine entrepreneurs that were so welcoming. It was a fun time. Oh, I I thought it was so cool that you showed up and you were so new to starting your business. And it's really been exciting to see how you've grown from then to now. I mean, it hasn't even been a full year. And I just am seeing your posts all over the place. I'm seeing your treats all over the place. So let's talk a little bit about what your product and business is. You own Zero Proof Horse Treats. And the reason your product stuck out to me in the beginning is because your horse treats are inspired by basically the cocktail drinks. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So the business really has taken off. It's been amazing the support we've seen in the equine community. But the background for our product is I was downsized right before COVID, which gave me even more time to just sit and think. And I started reading all kinds of business books. I knew I wanted to start a business. And I thought, what do I love? And two things kept coming up, horses and cocktails. And I thought, there's no way you can start a business from those two things. But with enough cocktails and enough time on your hands, the idea did come. And 
our horse treats are made from bourbon distillers grains, which here in Kentucky, where I live, those are abundantly available. And when I started talking to horse treat manufacturers and feed manufacturers, they told me that thoroughbred trainers for years had fed distillers grains in Kentucky. So the bourbon distillers would start distilling their bourbon and have the leftover grain after the alcohol was made, and they didn't know what to do with it. And farmers, horsemen, industrious as they are, tried it out as a horse feed. And it ended up being a really good horse feed because the bourbon distillation process pulls out a lot of that sugar, but still leaves the protein and the fiber and a really highly nutritious grain that can be used. So I worked with a manufacturer. We came up with a mix and made zero-proof horse treats, which are essentially horse treats made out of bourbon distillers grains, oats, alfalfa, and then we flavor them like your favorite cocktails. So of course, it's Kentucky. So we had to have a mint julep to mimic the famous drink from the Kentucky Derby and also an old fashioned, which has flavors of orange and cherry that, you know, I guess everyone's dad or grandpa drank at one point in their life. So those were our first two flavors and really proud to announce that we just launched our newest flavor, Apple Martini, which will be in stores for Black Friday shopping. I feel like this is so appealing to people because, I mean, talking about horse girls, like horse girls do enjoy a good cocktail (laughs) and pairing it up with their favorite drinks and something that they can give their horses at the same time. That's super cool. Well, it's funny you say that horse girls love a good cocktail. And that's really what makes us unique. When I started doing the market research, if you look at the things that people who own horses enjoy at the top of the list, it was always having a cocktail, being outdoors. And that was the perfect business idea for me. But what makes us unique is there's no other horse treat made out of distiller's grains. And I knew I was on to something when I started looking at a really popular supplement manufacturer that packages their ingredients really smartly. If you looked at a lot of their gut health supplements, bourbon distiller's grain was the number one ingredient. So I thought, okay, they're on to something. So I think that makes us unique is using the distiller's grains. No one else has treats flavored like cocktails, but we're really proud of our manufacturing process as well. Our manufacturer has fed 15 out of the last 25 Kentucky Derby winners, and they are super strict with their quality control processes. I am a horse owner myself. My horses are like my children. I have a boarding farm where I board for other people. So safety and limited ingredients were number one for me. I wanted a product that I could name and read the label of everything that was in there, and I wanted to be able to count the ingredients on my hands. So That's really what makes us unique. If you open up our bag of treats, they smell really good. And that's because you're not smelling the chemicals, the preservatives, the things in there that the horses just naturally smell and they don't like and avoid. We've all fed those treats that your horses won't touch. I have only found one horse out of all the horses that we've sampled that really didn't care for our treats. And the owner basically said, well, he's really just off the track and too excited at this place. He doesn't eat anything when he's here. So I think that's what makes us unique is horses just love them and our customers do too. I love that. I'm curious, has anyone opened up a bag of your treats and been like, these smell good enough to eat myself? Yeah, my husband actually. (laughs) (laughs) He was test pilot number one uh, when we got our first batch made. He opened them and said, boy, these smell good. I'm going to try them. 
he took a bite and said, well, they're pretty chalky. I think I'm going to leave it to the horses. Which, of (laughs) course, then my very two obese dogs stuck their nose in the bag and they both tried them. And I'll tell you, I can't officially by the FDA say that they're dog approved, but my dogs have eaten more than their fair share of these treats and uh, nothing has happened to them. And so dogs like them too, believe it or not. Oh, that's awesome. I know that in some of the conversations that you and I have had recently that you are working hard to get these horse treats into tack shops and feed stores. How's that process been going for you? It has been absolutely incredible. And I think we've all been in the horse industry and we've seen the good and the not so good, which made me a little tentative launching into this market, to be perfectly honest. But the market has been so overwhelmingly supportive of us. The tax stores, local shops, they love small business and small entrepreneurs, and they've really bent over to help us. Um, We started our placement here in Lexington, Kentucky, where I live. Every tax store picked us up within a week of launch, and then they started calling their friends, and then their friends started calling their friends. And through networking, I found a virtual marketing session, the Virtually Everything Equine by Joan Evers. We did a virtual marketing session and picked up over 30 stores in one day. So the more people hear and see about our brand, the more they want them in the stores. Our retail presence has really grown. The only problem is our company is me and my husband. And it's just a matter of the time, you know, to get to all the stores and get the product on the shelf. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to hear for someone who has a product of their own that they've created, whether it's a feed product, a treat, or something totally different, but they want to get it into tech stores. Do you have any advice for anyone as far as where to get started? Yeah, I think what first and foremost, I have a background in sales. I am in sales leadership in the pharmaceutical industry. And the first thing you always talk about is know your product inside and out, believe in your product, and be able to answer any questions that your customers have. So I came very prepared. I loved this product. I was confident in this product because I'd tried it on all of the horses on our farm. I'd given samples to all my friends and they had feedback from their horses. So I basically just knew don't come in on a Monday morning because that's when the store is really busy and don't go in on the weekend. That's their biggest, busiest times. But I would go personally to the stores because if you're in sales, you know, the easiest way to avoid somebody is send an email, a text, or a phone call, people can just push you away and never see you. So I just walked in personally and asked for who bought treats. And I found that people were overwhelmingly receptive when you were able to share your product and be able to share why it's differently, to have some customer testimonials, and just to be able to have a nice little 30-second pitch on why they should put my product in the store. And out of all the stores we've pitched, I've only gotten one, like, can you come back at the end of the year? We're not buying any more this year. Overwhelmingly, stores have been so receptive. They're always willing to try new products. But the difference is, is you've got to make sure then once they buy that product, are their customers going to buy it? So we do a lot of marketing. If we get a new store, we put right away on Instagram and socials to say, hey, go get your treats at XYZ store. They're carrying them now. Support this tax store. We do a lot of posts on our social media to direct people to our retail outlets because it's a partnership. We can't do it at Zero Proof Horse Treats without our stores. And they can't have an effective business without really great products on the shelf, ours being one of them. Oh, for sure. 
I've told a few friends about zero proof horse treats. And first and foremost, I just have to say like the cocktail thing is such a selling point. People love that. And they're like, wait, what? And they go online, they'll look for you when I tell them who you are. And they're so intrigued by it. And so I do really think that you have that great, unique selling point that's different from other horse treats. And people are just going to buy for that reason. Yeah. And it's fun, right? Because a lot of times with horse treats, you buy a bunch of different ones. And sometimes you buy them for gifts, whether it's for your trainer, someone you know that's in the horse industry for Christmas, birthdays, holidays, you name it. It's just a really fun product. You know, horses should be fun. We all got into the horse industry because we just love animals, love our horses. And along the way, sometimes we lose that when we're so worried about those perfect scores in the show arena and, you know, managing everything about our horses day to day. When in reality, horses should be the most fun part about your day. And so that's what I'm trying to do is bring the fun back to horses. And, you know, your horse gets a little treat. You can keep the cocktail in your glass because our treats don't contain alcohol. It's win-win for the horse and win-win for us too. Oh, absolutely. When it came to pricing your product, when you first put everything together and then you started pitching them to tax shops, how did you know where to price the product that you sell on your website versus how to price it for the wholesalers? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so I'm a data geek. It's kind of um, default from my real job. I'm constantly analyzing spreadsheets. So I had a spreadsheet with every horse treat on the market and different parts of the country, what they were priced at. And I talked to different retailers to see what their wholesale acquisition cost was versus their retail cost. And I knew where my product fit from a quality standpoint. I knew I wasn't the low end with some of your bigger manufacturers with all the fillers and chemicals. So I knew I wasn't going to be the lowest price point. I also knew that there were some very fancy high-end treats that, you know, were softer or more perishable. I knew I wasn't that end either. So I wanted to price somewhere midway in the market to appeal to all consumers. And then when it came to pitch to my retail tax stores, most tax stores told me what they expected their margins to be. So I fit my price points around that. The biggest thing that I found with working with retailers is they always get a little weary when you yourself are selling on your own website, because then you're direct competition with them. And obviously, I have to make a profit when I manufacture a product. So when I sell to a tax store, there's a little bit of profit for me, and then a little bit of profit for them on the back end. So it would behoove me to drive all sales to my website, because that's where my higher margins are. However, I wanted to give back to the community. I wanted to not just benefit me and my business, but tax stores all around the country. So my theory was, is that my website, yes, we will sell, we can ship anywhere in the country from the website. But I also wanted my website to point my customers to the retail stores. So I just made a commitment to my retailers that I would never price lower than what they could sell them. And I would never do a sales or promotion that they weren't offered the same with a rebate or promotion from me. And that earned a lot of trust because when I start hearing what tax shops really don't like, they really hate competing with the major manufacturers on their websites because the websites just offer better sales. And I didn't want to do that because I want a long-term partnership with all these tax stores. And that's built on trust and a mutually respectful relationship. Oh, for sure. When you were looking at the prices of your competitors, did you do all of that research on your own? 
I did. I mean, come on, think about it. It's not really a hardship to go into all the cool tax stores in town and look around and just take mental notes of what the prices are. So I'm fortunate. I go to a lot of states for different things. So I could always just pop into a tax store and see. So yeah, it was N of one between going live to tax stores, a lot of research, a lot of spreadsheets. And, you know, again, when it's COVID and you really didn't have a lot to do, I had a lot of spare time on my hands. Do you have all that spare time now? I feel like you're very busy. (laughs) No, I don't. And I am looking at myself in the mirror and seeing these black eye circles because until Zero Proof Horse Streets gets a little bigger, we're not even one year in business. I'm still working my real job. And then we also have a horse boarding business. So I'm not getting a lot of sleep. And, you know, it's just me and my husband. So I catch myself at night packing up products to either get out to my retail stores or the web orders that come in, you know, and then finding time to do your social media marketing, how to balance the books, pay your quarterly taxes. I mean, between all of the little stuff and then learning how to do things, I feel like I need 10 clones because there's just never enough time. And what's really sacrificing is my house. My house is a pretty much of a mess right now because there's product everywhere, packaging everywhere, dust bunnies in every corner. But you know, (laughs) That's what you have to deal with to be an entrepreneur. Oh, it's so true. I think my house looks similar to yours currently. (laughs) You're so right. So how many tax shops are you in at this point? Oh, it's a little easier to say by state. So we're in about 24 states right now and several tax stores in each state. Obviously, Kentucky is a really big market. We ended up getting someone to help us promote. Um, She has some other products. And so she asked if she could talk to stores in Ohio and Michigan, and she's done a great job. So we're always looking to add more stores. I'd like to be in every store in the country. And I see different brands that I want to emulate. And, you know, I'll consider myself a success when I can go into any tax shop in the country and see my product on the shelf. There's lots of room for growth, which keeps me busy. Oh, for sure. I see you traveling quite a bit too. And you mentioned that you do travel from state to state pretty often. So what are you doing for marketing on your end right now? Based on what I've seen online, it looks like you're going to a lot of different equestrian events. Sometimes you do sponsorships and you donate some of your treats. It looks like that's what you've been doing. Can you kind of shed a little light on how that benefits you in the business? Yeah. So our marketing strategy, when I was doing my research on top of things that equestrian women liked, they spent a lot of time online. So I knew that my marketing strategy had to have a big focus on Instagram and Facebook. I am not of that demographic. So I had to do a quick crash course and learn. And at Equine Affair, when we launched, I met an absolutely perfect person for our business, Jamie Samples. She helped introduce herself and kind of taught me how to do social media. She did our social media marketing for the first couple of months. And got us off on the right foot, got us a good following. But then the rest of the time with marketing, I really think it's important to be face-to-face with your customers. And with a product like a horse treat, everyone's first words are, my horse will never eat that. They are so picky. And we're all horse people. We know we're quirky. We get that. And so in order to overcome that, you've got to be able to get samples into people's hands. And what I found is when they get a sample, they try it with their horses. They always come back and either buy it from the store or for us at Equine Fair, wherever we're at. And I guess in regards to going out and about in the community, we're blessed. I live in Lexington, Kentucky. The Kentucky Horse Park is 20 minutes from our farm. 
I can zip up there any day, either before work, after work, during my lunch break. And at the Kentucky Horse Park, there's always three, four shows going at any one time. So I can get thousands of people in the horse industry in any given time, hand out some samples, market myself. And that's kind of how it started. And my job in the pharmaceutical industry has me covering five states. So when I'm in a different part of the state, I'll just pop into a tax store, Google those before I head in. And it's been busy, but it's been good. I mean, the, the marketing part is the most fun part of your job, right? You're talking about your product. You love your product. And that's the fun part. The not so fun part then is when you get home and you've got to pack up the orders and send orders and do all the paperwork to keep up with that. <laughs> it's, it's so true. Yeah, there's a lot to juggle. Well, with all of your traveling and trying to keep everything organized, how are you keeping everything in order with so many things on your plate right now? Do you find that that's a struggle to try to handle so many things at once? Well, I've always been really organized and I'm very fortunate to have a very supportive husband who helps a lot and we're a partnership. So That makes it easier when you've got someone to count on. But one of the things that I've done is I put everything in my iPhone calendar, literally from set the alarm, turn the horse waters on, you know, everything is in there. And some days it gets down to scheduling time for a shower. You know, if I don't write things down when you're really busy and overwhelmed, it just doesn't happen. So everything in my schedule is on there and planned. It may not happen at the exact same time that I want it to. It seems like everything runs behind and my bedtime gets pushed back later and later. But it's just scheduled to the max. And I guess my personal self-care and working out and doing those kind of things probably have taken a little bit of a backseat for now. But we all know when you first start a business, the first couple of years are really hard when you're trying to get things going and get your name out there. And then you couple it now with the back end of COVID and some of the challenges in the economy and supply chain issues. It's just everything is a little more difficult, but I try to be really positive and think if our business is thriving now in this situation as a new startup, I can't wait to see what this business is going to look like in five years. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned your husband works with you. What's your husband's role? What do you put him in charge of? Well, he calls himself Captain Pack Mule. (laughs) (laughs) He does just a little bit about everything with the exception of paperwork. He's a hard no on that. But when it comes to packing things up, carrying boxes back and forth to the shipping station, Really just anything I need him to do, errands, picking up supplies. I mean, he's just there. And it's the little stuff, right? Like if I'm super busy and someone's got to feed horses and I just can't get home early enough, by the time I'm home, the horses are fed. You know, he might try to do a load of laundry. I'm a little bit of a control freak and sometimes don't like the way he does things. But, you know, sometimes you just got to deal. Is the clothes clean and maybe not exactly to your liking, but at least it's done. Oh, it's so true. I It's kind of like how guys load the dishwasher too, right? <laughs> Constant fight in our household along with how can you have lived in this house the same number of years as I have and still not know where the glasses go? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a thing I don't understand. It's same problem. And I travel a lot like you do, Melanie, and I come home and sometimes I'm like, where did you put this thing? Like it's been in the same place for years and now I can't find it. But like you said, you got to remember at least they're trying. At least they're yes. doing something. So they, they get some credit for that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, one thing I know of you, Melanie, is that you are very well-spoken and you said that you do have a sales background. Not everybody is going to have that. So you mentioned also being confident is something that's very important when selling your product, especially when getting it into stores. Do you have any tips for someone who says, well, that's not me at all. I'm not a salesperson. I can't do that. Well, you kind of have to be if you're an entrepreneur because you are the product first and foremost, and you are the face of your company. And selling didn't come naturally to me either. I, when I got out of college, that was one thing I told everyone, like, no way, no how am I ever going to be in sales? I don't want to be in sales. And lo and behold, I've been in sales since 1999. I think that sales is nothing more than being able to present your product. And if you're an entrepreneur, you've come up with a product that you believe in and that you love. Now you just have to be able to articulate and verbalize that. And there are tons and tons of really great sales courses out there. And I think there's a statistic that says 80% of all salespeople have never taken one sales course. But if you think about it, think about the leg up that you have against all those 80% if you just take one sales course. And nowadays, it doesn't even have to be something that you pay for in college or an online course that you pay for. There's so many free resources out there. I tell people, pick your media or your genre that you like. If you like a podcast, listen to a podcast. If you like to read, pick a good book. And then just try one or two tips every day and find a mentor. Maybe selling isn't your strong suit, but find someone who selling is. I personally, I hate the bookwork. I hate the accounting. I cry at the end of the year when I have to do my QuickBooks. But I found a lot of really great mentors that help me and give me tips and tricks. And am I the best? No, but I'm getting better. And that's all business is, is learning to get better every day. You're not going to be perfect at every single aspect of your business. But if you just challenge yourself to do one thing better every day, eventually you'll thrive and flourish. I love that. That's some great advice. So where can people go to learn more about Zero Proof Horse Treats? Maybe place an order or find you at their local tax shop. Yes. So our website is www.zeroproofhorsetreats.com. You can order from our website, but I do want everyone to click on find a retailer link. There's retail locations all across the country. You can find a store close to you. And if not, you can send a chat message to us right through their website and say, I would really like to see treats in my local stores. I can tell you I've had multiple requests online and I was able to pick up the phone and say, hey, I talked to Jessica from, she said she'd really like our products. And that is the best recommendation for tax stores, people that actually come in and buy requesting a product. Awesome. Well, folks, if you are listening to this episode and you know of a tax shop that would be a great fit for Melanie's products, be sure to reach out. I'm sure there's plenty of tax shops out there who've never heard of Melanie, but they need to. So uh, definitely send them her links. (laughs) Well, Melanie, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Mandy. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. 
I'm Mandy and I'll see you next time. Oh,